Welcome to S2 Underground, a freelance intelligence agency fighting terrorism, fake news, and political tyranny around the world. I'm the trouble starter, punkin' instigator. Hello everyone, and welcome to the Underground. We will be beginning this inaugural podcast with an update on the coronavirus. Here's what we know. The official number of people who have contracted the virus has surpassed 40,000 today, with over 900 deaths resulting from the virus. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services has asked the Department of Defense to provide quarantine space for 20 patients, uh, with capacity for more at each of 11 military bases uh, being located near international airports. Citing the fact that the travel restrictions can't go on forever, but the need for quarantine still being the same, the DOD has responded to this request and are in the process of setting up these quarantine at the following bases. Joint Base Pearl Harbor Hickam in Hawaii, Great Lakes Training Center in Illinois near Chicago Hare, Naval Air Station Joint Reserve Base in Texas near Fort Worth, uh, the March Air Reserve Base near L.A., the Travis Air Force Base near San Francisco, Dobbins ARB near Atlanta, uh, Fort Hamilton, which is near JFK, Naval Base Kitsap near Seattle, uh, Joint Base Anacostia Bowling near Dulles, uh, Joint Base McGuire Dix Lakehurst near Newark, and the Fort Custer Training Center, which is near Detroit. So here's what we don't know. In short, the, the real numbers. The Chinese government has not been honest at all from the very start of this outbreak, and the communist nation shows no sign of changing this. Uh, We can, however, track the cases outside of China quite accurately. And right now, we are starting to reach one of the key milestones that many healthcare professionals and international agencies are watching um, as being a really key point in the progression of the virus. Uh, This milestone is what's called clustering. Uh, It goes by a few different names, but... Uh, In short, uh, at first all of the cases of the coronavirus came from China, Uh, but one of the most important milestones to break is for a virus to uh, start spreading to people who never went to China. For instance, when someone contracts the virus in China and travels to, say, Thailand, and then infects a bunch of people who then in turn uh, infect more and more, this creates a localized cluster of people Uh, who were infected that never went or had direct contact with the point of origin. Uh, This clustering is starting to occur this week. We're seeing uh, limited clusters appear in uh, Thailand, Indonesia, uh, even a unique case, which is a uh, cruise ship that's been uh, uh, ported up in Japan uh, that now have 135 people infected as of uh, today, Monday. So here's what we think. Um, As one might expect, the virus will obviously continue to spread over the next week, uh, but the numbers might artificially go down, um, creating a false sense of security. Uh, See, many Chinese hospitals have run out of test kits, or they just refuse to diagnose people with the virus instead of diagnosing people with uh, pneumonia uh, or upper respiratory diseases to avoid a crackdown from the government officials. See, if someone's diagnosed with a lesser serious disease, government officials might not 
uh, treat uh, the hospital with such uh, disdain and some of the officials within the hospital with such disdain, which is very common within the, the, the uh, Chinese social contract uh, theory and uh, system. So as of right now, this may be keeping the numbers artificially low. I haven't seen a single source to include the CDC that says that the numbers might be artificially high or even uh, even on par. They all, everyone thinks that China is, you know, drastically underrepresenting this, this disease. Um, so if the numbers continue to not rise as fast uh, as they have in the initial stages of the outbreak, uh, this could cause some international agencies to say, oh, well, the containment procedures are working, so um, we're actually getting a hold of this disease. And this, in turn, could lead to people subconsciously or even overtly stopping uh, to follow the sanitation procedures and quarantines, which obviously would be a very bad thing because that's just going to lead to more outbreaks. So, in short, the the numbers are, are uh, kind of a thing that needs to be watched very, very carefully uh, over the next few weeks, uh, especially as we start, you know, getting closer to a hundred thousand uh, people with uh, the virus, which uh, could occur uh, anywhere between a week from now to two to three weeks. So we'll have to see when that happens. Um, another impact that um, hasn't really been talked about too much. I've seen a few uh, scholarly articles that are trying to bring this up, um, is the impact to the uh, economy within China. Um, so luckily, Wuhan uh, itself isn't really industrially important. Uh, much of the Chinese export industry is located to the east, uh, over near the coast. Um, however, as the virus takes hold in these cities and rolls into the Yangtze River Valley, which is basically the, the Chinese version of, you know, our Silicon Valley, um, the economic impacts could get a lot worse. Uh, the quarantine alone would prevent people from going to work, which could create a shock to international trade, which, as we know, is very, very um, susceptible to uh, shocks like, you know, workforces suddenly not showing up to work. Um, so, once again, it's, it's difficult to determine what the exact impacts could be. I know this sounds a lot like, you know, yeah, it's bad, but that's about it. But unfortunately, we just don't know how much the Chinese industry can flex and adapt uh, to people not coming to work because of quarantines uh, until it happens. Uh, now, we've had a few questions uh, about how to get more up-to-date news. Uh, well, for one, you could obviously uh, follow us uh, on Instagram at s2 underscore underground. Um, we try to push out stuff uh, during the week. Uh, between the podcasts on Instagram, that seems to be the only social media account that uh, allows us to stay on the air for the time being. Um, but if you want to get more accurate numbers straight from the horse's mouth, mouth as it were, um, the Johns Hopkins Center for Systems Science and Engineering has created a uh, type of dashboard, a web-based dashboard that will allow you to view the spread of coronavirus cases in near real time. Uh, this dashboard looks pretty cool. Um, it pulls from dozens of sources to track the spread of the virus um, and has some software implementations that allows it to essentially not count the same person twice, um, which is becoming a problem with the numbers coming out of China. We've seen uh, the numbers get more and more inaccurate uh, as, as people get you know, affected globally with this. Um, but once again, you know, just remember that raw numbers rarely convey the situation accurately, 
especially with the spread of diseases that and viruses that begin in um, uh, not first world countries. Alright, so up next is an update on the current uh, gun control slash disarmament update within Virginia. So here's what we know. The pro-2A movement in Virginia took a severe blow this week and last week uh, in Virginia as the legislature passed several of Northam's disarmament bills, uh, which include making suppressor-slash-silencer ownership a felony. Uh, several pro-2A agencies have claimed that a door-to-door -door confiscation is coming and that requests for clarification from several congressmen and women have failed to get an answer on the topic. Um, now, we can't confirm any of this, um, but it does seem to be uh, accurate, and we'll have to uh, push out more information uh, as we get it. Uh, the gun control debate within Virginia is, is highly dynamic and changes day by day, so follow us on Instagram for more uh, up-to-date uh, information on this. Um, so at large, uh, here's what we don't know. Um, we don't have eyes within the Virginia State Police, um, nor can we read any secret comms that go on within you know, congressional subcommittees and other email traffic. Uh, so there's a lot of intelligence gaps within what congressional you know, Democrats and Governor Northam are thinking and what they're planning. Um, fortunately, they have not, they've not been very secretive of their plans. Uh, Northam and other Democrats are leading the charge, are uh, not exactly supporting gun control so much as total disarmament of the population. Um, now, the real question is why? Uh, why would Northam and others want a total disarmament so badly? Um, so here's what we think. So, as many of you already know, there is an old adage that suggests that you know a disarmed population is easier to control, which is true. Uh, but the question still remains, why? Um, we know throughout history that a disarmed populace is generally less likely to resist government policing actions, and many people cite the famous disarming of you know, Jewish, Jewish citizens by the Nazis prior to the institution of the ghettos and other atrocities that the Nazis committed, um, being you know, the result of gun control and you know, not being able to defend yourself. Uh, however... We think that that argument in and of itself is, is decently lazy and that there are plenty of other historical examples that indicate that a generally disarmed population is not less likely to revolt. In fact, the opposite can be said uh, in some cases. Uh, for instance, one example that, that would be um, the early days of the Troubles in Northern Ireland. Uh, the IRA was a very, very popular resistance movement within the Northern Ireland uh, area, even before the militarization of the conflict with the institution of the provincial IRA and the terrorism tactics that dominated the movement uh, for the better part of a decade. Uh, another example is the resistance of the Apache people during the westward expansion period in American history. Uh, that resulted in the near extermination of an entire race of people. Uh, Apache warriors kept the Union on the run for years, uh, with little water, scarce supplies, and very few arms and ammunition. Even with the massacre at Wounded Knee, in which the Union Armory murdered over 300 Lakota, about 200 of which were women and children, by the way, uh, many Lakota continued their guerrilla war, uh, warfare, uh, ambushing the 7th Cavalry in direct response to the massacre at Wounded Knee, which, interestingly enough, was a gun confiscation event in the first place. 
So that begs a question, and this information, you know, begs a question, uh, is Northam planning a massacre? Um, in short, no, uh, we don't think so. Uh, here's why. Um, so despite the, the crimes that the Virginia State Police commit on a daily basis, uh, in the mentality of, well, I was just following orders that has become institutionalized among many police jurisdictions, an all-out, you know, Boston Massacre-style uh, event is unlikely, uh, simply because it would be very hard to get away with. Um, everybody's got phones nowadays. Uh, the media covers very large events um, to the point where it's kind of hard to get away um, with planning a straight, you know, massacre or murder. Uh, what's far more likely is the widespread, quote, uh, confiscation gone wrong type events to occur in which, you know, police begin door-to-door confiscation and encounter, you know, quote-unquote resistance, which results in the gun owner being killed. Uh, this scenario would be far more feasible to Northam and law enforcement officials uh, who would seek to benefit from an overwhelming police force against one or two gun owners at a time. Think about the Virginia Lobby Day events. The tactics of protesters, you know, remaining in large, large groups are definitely uh, even the odds at the event. It's simply harder to get one person alone. So, in reality, based on what we've seen uh, at this stage, Northam is just doing what Bloomberg wants. After all, Northam's campaign for the governorship became the highest funded governorship campaign in history in Virginia, um, with his largest donor being Michael Bloomberg himself. Uh, Northam and Bloomberg want a blue state, especially for the upcoming election. And what better way uh, to do that than to turn your opposition into felons? At this stage, the great Virginia disarmament, as it were, appears to be meant to do nothing but divide us further. All right, that's all we've got for this week. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe to this podcast, and follow us on Instagram for real-time intelligence updates throughout the week. If you feel like contributing monetarily to the underground, support us on Patreon. These contributions help us uh, buy better recording equipment, ad space, and really help us expand the S2 Underground project. And always remember, fight in the shade. S2 out.